0: Hello, welcome to From the Ricker End. My is John. With me uh, today is Mike. Seventh-placed Mike,
1: <laughs> reporting for
0: duty. Jason. Hello. Uh, and we're live from Watford fans, uh, and uh, this podcast, as ever, is our take on life Watford fan. Uh, and today we uh, just r- removed ourselves from Vicarage Road, where Watford beat Hull City 1-0, putting us, as Mike has said, in seventh place. At worst, after Southampton played tomorrow, uh, we might be 8th, which is a pretty good place to be. Do you want to start with the game, Mike, or do you want to start with the letter?
1: Let's get the game out of the way, we'll shall do. we? We'll get to the letter later on. First 10 minutes, oh my God, this could be six! Yeah, from the kickoff, it was evident that Watford were going for the jugular straight away, and really, they possibly should have scored from the kickoff. off it was very, very direct... Um, it took Hull by surprise. They just got the ball motored down to the other end of the pitch. I think it was Amrabat who put the ball in and uh, had it been a better cross, which uh, kind of the story of the afternoon, um, then I think Troy Deeney may well have, uh, may well have scored. But uh, fantastic opening, great 10, 12, first 14 minutes. Uh, Kabul hit the bar with a thunderous header. Pereira hit the outside of the post with a, with a great effort. Um, it was high tempo. It was incisive. It was decisive. It was exciting. Um, and Hull looked absolutely dumbstruck by it. It looked like there was going to be a, a fun afternoon, but in the back of all of our minds, we all know that when Watford start well, it very rarely lasts. And it didn't really, did it?
0: It didn't. But the, the, I think that what I like about the whole thing was actually we did get an up-tempo start, and that's something we haven't had. It was a, for-
1: it was a superb start, and it wasn't just up-tempo. It was really. It was. It was. It was purposeful, and it was it was some good football, and we were getting some of the stuff from the players like Pereira that we hoped we were going to get. Just real nice, silky, skillful stuff, incisive, good, good, change in the direction of play, just putting them under pressure, playing nice football. So, I don't think we underplay how good that that start was. It was great, and we were really we were unlucky not to go ahead.
0: Yeah, and but the great thing about the, sort of the way we're playing, Jason, was actually that's the way um, we know is what for fans what we can do
2: and. It was
0: nice to see it back after a while. Yeah, it
2: was, and it was attacking, weren't we? We could see that uh, the win backs were committed to going forward. Amrabat and Holabast down the left. Even Kabul was sort of he had a, a sort of free roll. He could leave uh, Britos and Prudel to do the do the defending. And he was sort of wandering off down the uh, the right wing, sort of every few minutes. So we were clearly sort of putting them under pressure. We were pressing them high up the pitch as well, trying to win the ball back early, and really sort of trying to force the issue. But as you say,
0: Mike, as what fans we know, these things don't last. <laughs> um, what was the rest of the game then?
1: Frustration, annoyance. I wouldn't say it was frustration. I wouldn't say it was annoyance. It was, I think, two or three years ago, uh, there would have been a glum acceptance that we're going to lose this undeservedly, one nil. Um, I hoped that the the goal would come because um, we kind of we bossed the game. Really, I thought Hull were pretty poor. They didn't really didn't really offer anything. Um, and, and then while I was thinking about the game, while it was unfolding, I thought, gosh, Gomez hasn't had much to do. And I thought, well, actually, the holekeeper hasn't really had much to do, certainly after the, that opening salvo that we've we've discussed. So I think there was an element of disappointment in as much as we didn't create much, but we were so in control mm. that it was almost... Unthink, you know, as unthinkable as not scoring can be when you're a Watford supporter. I don't, it wasn't a great surprise when the goal eventually came despite not creating much. I think Amrabat, just got to touch on Kabul, I think the only thing he didn't do in that game was, like, save a shot, like, be goalkeeper. He did. He had, he had shots, he was getting crosses in, he was, he literally did everything it's possible to do as an outfield footballer today. It was, uh, uh, yeah, hilarious. A real pick and mix from Kabul. But I think Amrabat was, was man of the match. Um... And I can see why. I think he was excellent. He absolutely he was motoring up and down that, that right flank, causing mayhem um, for the poor left-back, uh, Klukas, who will have nightmares. His Halloween certainly came, uh, <laughs> certainly came early. Um, but the only it's a bit churlish to, 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 to have a go at Amrabat. But I thought in, in the first half, he was having a lot of success going forward. But I think a lot of that success came when he was coming back, picking the ball up in midfield and driving on. And I think the more success he had going forward, he seemed to sort of creep more and more forward and, and waited for the ball to come to him in, a, in that sort of more advanced position. And that's when Hull sort of started to control the game a little bit more, because that we were controlling the midfield and, and building from there. And, and it's, not, it's not his fault, but there was a bit, of a, a bit of a vacuum, I think, in midfield where we weren't controlling it as much. And I think that was born out of the early success we'd had. The, those guys had a bit of success going forward and they, they wanted more of it and forgot almost the the need to, 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 to pick it up in midfield and to and to use that as the as the fulcrum if you like.
0: Because I you know, yes he was man of the match. Yes, he was getting past Klukas his just name, his all the time. His
1: name's almost as clumsy as this defending <laughs> <laughs>
0: He was he had him every single minute. We you knew he was getting past him. And we like to think Jason we're like critical friends uh, on this podcast a little bit maybe but his crossing in, in, in still isn't 100%. It's it almost like that's the bit he did all the hard work, but the ball wasn't in there. There were, there were times I thought maybe it's because, like you know, he's he's being pushed, he's being pulled, he's off balance slightly, but the the the, the ball in isn't 100% for him.
2: No, a lot of them were were quite deep, or there are a couple of ones where he sort of played along the ground um, that hit the first defender, but he can cross better than Anya. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> It, it, he is a really interesting character, Jase. Because with the the one man we wanted to see today was Yamat, which seen a great performance against Manchester United, an injury, and have not seen since. And he came on fairly late on. Didn't and, and the, 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 so the conversation we were having was, oh, you can't take off Amrabat because that's where he's going to play, isn't it? Yamat's going to play in the same position. So they didn't. He Yamat uh, came on as a, a right back on a, a back four. Keep on. Uh, Amrabat on, but do you think if you're having a starting eleven, Jan Mat would be where Amrabat started?
2: I think so I think um Yammat's probably more of a complete win back than Amrabat is we've said it before, we, we're a bit nervous about Amrabat's defending, uh, we know he's wholehearted, and he challenges like a, uh, a striker would do, he sort of goes in hard, hard oh. but fair sometimes, hard but Reckless
1: others, the, and when was, he's got there to there was do a that. moment. There was a sorry, Jase There was a moment in the second half. I think it was the first time Hull almost crossed the, the halfway line. And they put a deep cross in, um, and I'm not sure who Amrabat was up against, but he literally he froze. Mm. He stood there, and I guess in some ways, having given away a penalty against Arsenal and and struggled in that situation, best to sort of not make a rash challenge. But he literally didn't know what to do he just stood stock still and it's like and almost did that thing where you in the in the in the school in the school playground when the balls pinged at you at a million miles an hour from two yards away your sort of hands go up and you he just looked all at sea and that was really not a surprise but disappointing and a reminder that he isn't the complete player that that, that perhaps Yamat is sorry Jay, I to interrupt no, yeah right.
0: I think he is a complete player
1: but he isn't a complete player for that
0: position and he isn't playing in the position that's um, natural to him or perfect yeah. for him yeah. um, so that's why I think why he's sort of maybe falling over a li- not falling over a little bit but why you then when you compare him to Jan Mat you go no Jan Mat should be the man who's starting yeah
1: fair point fair a podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford
2: fans from the rookery end
0: well let's, let's get back to the up front in a minute
2: because let's, let's end on a certain player defensively what a performance from Prudel absolutely fantastic I thought he'd had the perfect game pretty much up until about... And I think I actually awarded him man of the match myself with about 10 minutes to go. He then proceeded to put two passes straight to the feet of whole players and get himself injured. So I clearly jinxed him. I'm really sorry, Sebastian. That's all my fault. Um, but no, he was absolutely immense. And, and Britos had a decent game as yeah. well. And, uh, and obviously you've already said about Kabul. It, there was a lot of good stuff from Cabal. There were a few weird things as well that went a bit, yeah, went a bit awry with him. But yeah, Prudel... Man, mounting at the back, just got in front of everything, blocked everything, won every header. Absolutely superb. His best performance of the season. And if it wasn't for for Amrabat and and wasn't for him about destroying Klukas I think Prudel would probably have got man of the match yeah
1: we needed because we needed to stay solid although Hull didn't didn't three clean sheets in a row Michael yeah and that that takes some doing in the Premier League and all right it's Middlesbrough Swansea and Hull they're not teams who are going to be challenging but the they're title.
0: the teams you should be getting the clean sheets absolutely against.
1: absolutely right and you have to do your job job correctly and I think Prudel since he we're just outside the Hornet shop here and the, the West Ham games on in the background since Prudel came on late in that game I think he's been he's just grown and grown and grown um, and if you take all those, those centre-back guys in, in isolation, and I think I, I kind of um, count Cabaselli in that as well now, because when he's come on, I think he's, he's done well. And, you know, you looked at, look at the, the, the defensive line-up that ended the game compared to it start, it completely changed. And for us to sort of stand firm, and yes, obviously it was hard. They weren't the goals and chances weren't raining down on us. But that's because we were well organised. We snuffed out what, whatever threat there was. El Mahamedi is is a tricky player, He never gets, gives up. He was getting up and down the pitch. He's he's got some half decent players. Mailer came on. We know that he can he can be decent. We've seen enough of him to know that um, he's exactly the sort of player that could cause us difficulties. So Prodo was absolutely magnificent. And I think that defensively, we just feel. Those, those those centre backs, they just feel it's just great to have them. It feels like they can rotate. You almost put them on like a lazy susan in the middle of the table and, <laughs> and pluck three off, and whichever three you, you 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 select are going to do the job. You worry, you think Craig Cathcart now is is dropping down the pecking order, probably down to no fault of his own. Obviously he's injured, but I think he's probably the one who hasn't gone forward as much as the others. He's sort of not stagnated. That's not fair. He's been he's been good and um, has performed well for us. But I think he's. You know occasional lapses of concentration from Cathcart that we've seen, so I think he's probably the one that's that's looking the least impressive, is that fair to say? But
0: yeah, you know, we, we have talked about the fact Amrabat maybe wasn't getting the ball across as, as as you'd want. but I also think that the whole final end of the of the pitch wasn't as amazing as it should have been. We have talked, to Michael, in the last few weeks about one play in particular. should he be picked? Whose camp are you in? Is it is it success or is it Igalo? Yeah. He did play well but only after we scored a goal.
1: We've been pretty neutral on the on the Igarlo debate because I think personally I think he's got enough goodwill in the bank from, from his previous goals and, and so on and so forth that you've got to cut him a little bit of slack. Everyone knows that strikers have poor runs. However, today was disappointing from him. I think he looked slow and cumbersome when the ball comes to him it looks like he needs an extra split second to decide what he's gonna do. I think a lot of that is down to confidence, but he just doesn't look sharp. And I think he's starting to cause issues. I know plenty of people listening will say, ah, starting, he's been he's been crap for, for however long. I still think he's one of those players, if the ball comes to him six yards out, he doesn't need to think he's going to pop it in. And then we see a different Odinigalo. He hasn't done that, though. Um, and strikers get judged on goals. If you're not scoring, you need to be contributing elsewhere. And he's not. Success is going to be out, though, until at least the Leicester
0: game. So we accept that he will start again next week. But like you say, if he scored a goal against Liverpool, that is the, and, that, and that's a ridiculous thing to say, but that could be the complete start of his season.
1: Will he start at Liverpool, though? I wouldn't be surprised if, we'd, if we see one up front against, against Liverpool. I don't think he fancies Jerome Sinclair. He was on the bench against Hull. And he, I thought, with 10 minutes to go great opportunity to bring Sinclair on he's direct he's quick he's pacey he's young he's got a point to prove I was surprised we didn't see him I think that probably tells us where he is and Matsari's yeah. thinking at the moment um, and going up away to Liverpool who they're playing at the moment so I don't know how they're doing but obviously a decent side in front of a, in front of a big crowd can we afford the luxury of, of, of that sort of performance from the, in the final third I, I don't personally think we can We're the Orns you're the Orns Go!
0: The Jace, um you know, let's look at the wider. As the Watford bus is backing up um, next to us, let's think about the, You know, the, the, we've hit a lot. Of, we're a quarter of way through the season now. Yeah. Um, Hull were the worst team you've seen so far.
2: I think so. Yeah, I, I, they weren't very good at all. They offered very little. Usually in these games, every team has at least ten minutes where they have a go. And I think Hulls was at the start of the second half. I think they tried to get the ball a bit wider and tried to exploit the fact that Hollabass and Amrabat were pushing on so far forwards. Um, and they got it wide, but if Amrabat's crossing wasn't great, their crossing was awful. I mean, <laughs> there, there were some terrible crosses when they got into good positions. Um, and, yeah, they never... I don't know we didn't really create many chances in those first 84 minutes. Um, they offered very, very little at all. Because we are... As we stand
0: here outside the Hornet shop, 7th, uh, Southampton might get us um, down to 8th if they win. Um, we are, and I, li- I like doing this, my favourite thing to do is, sort of what, what do we have to do to, to get somewhere or someone else to do to get us? So we would have to win and draw a game more than Chelsea to get into European places, <laughs> okay? Just saying. But Hull would have to win three games. And they are third from bottom at the moment, win three games to get one point ahead of us.
1: I think it's a, it's a slightly negative way to look at it, but I think we have seen teams that are confirmed as not being as good as us. They're worse than us. I think Hull are, are, are no great shape. So I know Middlesbrough have beaten Bournemouth, but I think they're going to have a, have a long season. West Brom... Sunderland uh, are going to find it difficult. Swansea remains to be seen what sort of effect Bob Bradley's going to have there. I think there are teams who are, aren't as good at us. They haven't got the, the, the strength and depth that we have. Our squad looks good, and I think perhaps we're still perhaps a little bit guilty of looking through rose-tinted uh, specs because we're not used to having players of this calibre coming through. So it remains to be seen whether we can actually get them to play to their potential. Pereira's one who has kind of flattered to deceive a little bit. He always looks good on the ball, but he hasn't stamped his authority on a game yet so are we still a bit starstruck by these guys he, look, you know, he looks apart he's signed from Juventus he's not you know he's not Joe Garner you know he's not these sort of <laughs> he's not these guys that we're used to picking up and there still is an element of that I think um but, that said, I think we're better than a lot of, lot of teams in the division. But that said, I think it's, that's a negative way to look at it. I think we've amassed the amount of points we have. That includes a, a, a draw against Southampton on the opening day, which by the week is looking like a be- better result. We could have beaten, we played well against Chelsea and probably should have beaten them. We've beaten Man United. You know, this, we, we're, we've amassed a decent little run. Mm. Um, the question is, though, you know, the, what happened last year was we won a great game against
0: Liverpool in December, and almost like once we got, you know, the second half of the season, it, was, it wasn't it was there. You know, we need to see a Watford team that we know it can be Definitely. for the whole season. And then we know that we could maybe finish seventh in the Premier League. Yeah,
1: I think this season was, again, was all about staying up for me. It had to be. Make sure we, we stay because then when, we, when we're attracting players, look, you know, we may not be the biggest club in the Premier League, but we've been there for two, two, two seasons now. We've progressed. We've got more money. We can pay you more, and you know, you're not going to be in a relegation scrap. So this this season was it was always going to be tricky, I think, because we had a new manager again, new, new, new look squad. But I think it's a great start. We caught away the season through. If we carry on like this, it, it promises to be a great season. We've we've put away the the teams um, who, who we we expect to. Um, all right, we haven't done it as as. Uh, uh, comprehensive as you would like but Man United have drawn it home to Burnley today 0-0 so they're not, they're not easy these games so we've done it we'll, everyone will look in the paper or look in the programme in a couple of weeks time and think, yeah Hull tick they won't, we don't care about the performance at this stage well,
0: the fact that we lost we only, sorry the fact that we only won by a known goal we'll leave that away anyway that's t- topic one discussed next let's talk about the letter but actually before we talk about the letter let's get the views the most important views that we have on this podcast he's on every week Mike's surname is
1: Parkin. He has a son called Arlo. And this is Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to Michael Parkinson once again. Arlo. Hi Arlo, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. Now Arlo this week, I don't know if you've picked up on it in the in the news, but Watford, someone at Watford's been a bit naughty. They've sent a letter to the Football League. And they've said it was from somebody, that it wasn't. So they've basically told a fib. How do you think they should be punished?
2: Not play the next match.
1: What, the whole team shouldn't be allowed to play the next match?
2: No, this one player. Which player? Uh, the one that did it.
1: The one that sent the, the, the dodgy letter? Yeah. So they should be basically on the naughty step for one game? Sit out. So sit out. And if it was any Watford player, who do you think it would have been? Who do you think is the most naughty? I'm not that all right, Arlo, thanks very much.
2: Bye.
1: So it's Amrabat's fault. Well, yeah. he's
0: nice likely then.
1: Perhaps that's why he was spurred on to uh, put in such a performance today. He was obviously feeling guilty about that forged letter. <laughs> Poor old Nordin Amrabat, Arlo. I don't, know where, I don't know where he got that from, but he was, he was very definite, he was very certain that he was involved somewhere.
0: Amazing, one of those faces. Um, so we found out early in the week, via the Telegraph, that Watford had forged a letter. And you read that article, Michael, for the first time. You read the headline for the first time, at least. Point deduction. Possible fine. Your
1: initial reaction was? Here we go. It's been a while, <laughs> since, Again, yeah. been a while since we've had this sort of controversy. Very keen to pick you up on Watford have forged a letter. Someone well, has forged yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but yeah forged letter. Yeah, absolutely. But then you read the article, yep. and you understand that um, uh chairman had got someone else to get yep. a letter yep. uh, from a bank, that ended up being forged. So, was it Watford? Apparently not. Um, and Watford have a week to to, um, to to prove that they were absolutely fine with that letter. So, here's a question. Jason,
2: who should be more embarrassed about this letter? I think it would be easy to say the Football League, I, but the football club need to take responsibility. They've engaged these people to come up with the goods, they have a level of responsibility to make sure that that company is working in a honest manner. But equally, the fact that the Football League views this in their proper fit and proper person test for an owner, they've seen this letter, they've been duped by it, they've then not known and not found out for another two years until someone else has told them that it's a, a fake letter. Yeah, they equally need to take some sort of responsibility and have a look at their fit and proper person's test because uh, we could say if the club trust this company to do whatever they need to do to get the documents together then they're probably not gonna check the letter to make sure it's it's for real so Watford have paid this company to do that so they probably trust them um, I think Reaver said it's someone that he's worked with for a long time although he's not anymore obviously so yeah he'd have trusted them to, to do the job right the football league should be checking every detail and Well, let's be honest, this is probably why we're seeing owners, the likes of Salino at Leeds and du Châtelet at Charlton, uh, still running football clubs. They, Yeah, the, the club probably do need to accept the fine or whatever punishment is dished out because they have to be responsible for the third parties they engage to do the
1: work. But the Football League need to sort themselves out as well. Yeah. I think it's an opportunity for the Football League to give us some clog um, because I think they, they probably... And I think there is a little bit of residual... Uh, bad will, if you like, from other other chairman and other clubs surrounding when the Potsos took over the whole loan loan situation. I think there was definitely some ill feeling towards Watford. I think the Football League would have liked to have made an example of the way that we did exploit that loan lo- 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 loophole, which I think we wish we did. We mm-hmm. didn't break the rules. We um, we used them to our best advantage, but I think a lot of people felt that it was unfair. Um, so I think the Football League have got a bit of a bit of a leftover agenda which i which i totally accept you know why when it comes down to it there's a couple of important documents get them sorted yourself really would be would be my my take on it why we're we're outsourcing something which is pretty simple really i know i know we're, we're banking at a certain level it isn't uh, just a case of get going putting your pin 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 number in and asking for a balance uh, check it doesn't quite work like that and then it probably takes weeks for for the appropriate letters to come through and my gut feeling is that they probably left it too late and ended up scrabbling around for to get the documentation in on time. But why, really? You know, it's, it is embarrassing for the club, and I think knowing what we do about the owners, about about Gino and and, and, his, and his father, and, and just the way the whole club is, is run, they will be furious. I think that this has this has sort of come to light and and acted as a as a distraction over the last week. I think. The Telegraph did themselves no favours with the with the subsequent article that they. That was it. There out.
0: was, I think, when I first with the first article, you think, oh. The initial reaction was, oh bloody hell. Then it was like, oh maybe not so. There's several things that have clearly gone on. And the Guardian, uh, the Telegraph knew what those things were, mm. um, because they said them in the initial article. The next day, when the article goes on about, well, the article basically, in my head. I am uh, cutting it down a little bit. With Watford has some problems with the HMRC. They sort them out. Yeah, that was the article. But the fact that the Telegraph are putting a subsequent article out to link back to the previous to develop this picture of Watford, now that I found interesting.
1: Yeah, we know it's obvious what they're trying to do. They're basically trying to generate clicks off the back of a semi-interesting story, which, you know, let's face it, the letter the letter is an interesting story. Man Forge's bank letter, for, you know, for, as part of a fit and proper person's test is, is a story. But I think the, the initial story was very, very careful, very interestingly worded. They never accused anyone at Watford of, do, of any improper conduct, which I think speaks volumes. Um, and then to come out the next day with this sort of, uh, yeah, like, as you said, two-year-old issue where uh, Watford were supposedly investigated further the tax they paid. Uh, and, you know, the actual story is uh, Watford paid the appropriate amount of tax. So, and I think that took the sting out of it massively. <clears throat> if they just let that, that first letter float there a little bit, Um, then they would probably have got more traction from it. But as it was, it was just like, well, well, you're just muck raking and there's not not even any muck there. If you'd have worked really hard, there probably is stuff. You know, there's a, maybe there's some grey areas that we've trod in the past. You know, if you're going to go back two years, go back three or four, and 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 look at the the, the man in the hat. You know, look at Big Bad Baz and the <laughs> and the safe and all that sort of stuff. There's more. There's more salacious stuff that's happened.
0: Because that was that was the number one uh, favorite uh, controversy, wasn't it? On the yeah, Twitter we did, poll we did had. The
1: poll we said was it the letter? Was it sacking all our managers after after three days? Uh, was it Bassini in the safe? Or what was the other one? The loan loophole. And yeah, far and away, everyone loved the. Uh, Everyone loved the uh, the Baz and the safe. What I like, uh, quite a few people picked up on was signing Jose uh, Jose Holobas without telling him. I thought that was, <laughs> that was great. Uh, but, yeah, I think the telegraph shot themselves in the foot. And as we stand here today recording this on Saturday, to be perfectly honest, it feels like, from a supporter's point of view, it's gone away. Yeah. I think we will get a fine. I think they deserve a fine. I think there's certain things that you have to be whiter than white on and just getting the right documentation in to the right people at the right time Let's be frank. It's pretty, pretty basic, and they've they've tripped themselves up there for whatever reason. Um, and I think there'll be, I think there'll be a fine, but I think, really, from a supporter's point of view, we're over it.
2: A podcast by
1: Watford fans for Watford fans.
0: This
2: is from
1: the Rookery end.
2: The team are off to Liverpool. Uh, Jason, is, is this a free hit? I think so. I think this is, this is going to be tough, tough, tough. Liverpool are a very, very good side. Anfield is, I don't know, almost becoming as difficult to win at it as, it, as it was in the 80s. Mm. I love Jurgen Klopp. I think he's, he's an excellent manager. I just love the way he portrays himself to the press.
1: But hopefully, come next weekend, he won't be smiling.
0: At
2: best, a half a
0: smile, because we've got a draw out of it. You
1: say you, you say you love Jurgen Klopp. I quite like Jurgen Klopp as well. I quite like the way, like you say, he conducts himself. He he sort of seems to be just the right side of entertaining the supporters and the media. He gives them some good lines without being too sort of overrun. I think he's someone who likes football, I think, and that seems to come across. But I was uh, I was actually sat in the Elton John stand today, and I was watching, I spent a lot of the time, uh, my gaze was drawn towards uh, our boss, our boss, Walter Mazzari. He is so animated during the game, yeah, he sort of, we've all seen him crouching down, he did the thing today where, um, uh, where Hull got, uh, got a free kick and he just had his head in his hands for like what felt like two or three minutes, he's so expressive, he's so entertaining to watch. I don't think he got a proper bollocking from any of the officials today, so I think he's uh, toning it down a little bit, which is a bit disappointing, mm. but yeah, Klopp's great, but I think Matsari's superb as well, I think he's sort of slowly turning into a bit of a, a, a cult hero of mine. But yeah, Liverpool, it's a great test and it's one that these players, we, we talked earlier about, we're, we're quite excited about the players we're signing. This, they signed up to the Premier League. They didn't necessarily sign up to Watford. And when you sign up to the Premier League, it's Old Trafford, uh, it's Man City, it's the Etihad, uh, it's, it's the Emirates and it's Anfield that they want to go to. So they will want to put on a, on a decent show. It's a huge opportunity for, for Matsari to, to pit his wits against one of, the, uh, one of the biggest and most well-known managers in the European game. He's got some. He's got some thinking to do. Do we go for it? Do we try and get a win? Do we shut up shop? What do we do with Iggy? Plenty of questions to be asked. Are asked and answered. Um, but the great thing is we can go on the back of great draw with Swansea. A couple of good wins against Middlesbrough and Hull. We've done what we needed to do. We looked at the when we looked at the sort of season, uh, the, the fixtures at the start of the season. We knew we had to beat the beat the teams around us in our little mini league because we had some tough games. We've done it. Seven out of nine. Amazing It's really, 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 really good start. Yeah. If, we, if we carry this on what we're going to end up with 60 points. Oh giddy yeah pretty good right <laughs> thank you very much for listening uh, you won't hear my voice uh,
0: for about a month um, because because uh, of baby but uh, filling in uh, will be David Cameron Walker uh, and uh, our friend Kelly Sommers. so uh, they'll be taking over duties from me uh, but Mike will still be here will you Mike? I will I'm afraid so uh, and Jason Yep. Uh, thank you very much gentlemen thank you Mike yeah no problem at
1: all well done uh, well
0: thank done. you Jason uh, thank you very much uh, and uh, thank you Watford for being on 15 points uh, at this point in the season but don't rest in your laurels okay. keep it up
1: come on you on it